Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 50 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, help us learn more of you today. Help us receive your love, grace, mercy, and forgiveness as we read about the people you offered all these things to in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's see what's happening in Luke chapter 6 today. Well, it is the Sabbath, and the Pharisees are upset. They question Jesus about why he and his disciples were picking and eating grain on the Sabbath. His answer was, the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath. Luke chooses to write about another Sabbath day when Jesus healed a man who had a withered hand. The Pharisees were constantly watching Jesus so they could find something to charge him with. Verse 11 says, the Pharisees were filled with a lack of understanding and senseless rage. It's hard to imagine people would become so upset at such a merciful act of healing someone. But there are things today that incite rage in us as well. Considering this, I think it is important to search to understand our own motives when we become angry, just to make sure we are on the side God asks us to be on. Jesus also selects his 12 disciples in this chapter. He spent the entire night in prayer to God before he selected these men. He had to be sure these were the ones who could carry out his mission of starting the church after he was crucified and then resurrected. Jesus shows us that all important matters should be brought to God in prayer. He was filled with power, amazing power, likely because he'd been praying all night. Gives us another clue as to how powerful prayer is. But he had so much power that people just had to touch him and they were healed. The rest of the chapter encompasses Jesus' great teaching as he gave the crowd the Beatitudes. His teaching here is a bit different than the Beatitudes listed in Matthew, where there are eight listed, as opposed to here in Luke, where there are just four listed. Another difference is there are woes written in Luke. Woe signifies distress or suffering. It is interesting that the following things are distressful to Jesus. The rich, those who are full, gorged, and satiated, those who are spoken well of, and those who laugh. It seems we all seek these things, wealth, a good name, laughter and fun, and the feeling of being full, both with food and comforts. Maybe we need another way to define success or well-being. Just a thought, definitely something to study. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, But seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things together will be given to you besides. Jesus continues to teach the crowd how to live lives according to God's will. This is a chapter we can study over and over and constantly be learning new ways of better living. Let's see what Paul is writing to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Well, we see people have been suing people for thousands of years. Paul is asking the church why they are taking one another to court, especially a court made up of unbelievers. He just cannot imagine why they would take their grievances to potentially unjust judges. More than that, why do they even need a court at all? He points out that anyone who wrongs another won't inherit the kingdom. So why would any of them wrong one another, especially when they belong to the same church? 
And if there is wrongdoing, then it is more advantageous in his sight to just take the wrongdoing and not fight back. Pointing out verse 12, everything is permissible, allowable and lawful for me, but not all things are helpful, good for me to do, expedient and profitable when considering other things. Everything is lawful for me, but I will not become the slave of anything or be brought under its power. And isn't that the point? God desires freedom for us. Anything that enslaves us, any bad habit that has us return over and over to a bad thing should be avoided. Paul advises against many of these things in his argument. And I think the point we should consider is what does have a hold of us? What do we think we cannot do without? What is not beneficial for us? We need to search our hearts here and ask for God's wisdom and discernment because he truly wants us to live in freedom and not live in bondage to anything. Paul also talks about our bodies as being one with Christ. Our bodies are a temple, the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, so we should act and treat our bodies as holy and not corrupt them with evil. Verse 20 sums up his thoughts and says, you were bought with a price, purchased with a preciousness and paid for, made by his own. So then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. Yes, we were purchased at a great cost and it seems arrogant and even irreverent to not consider who we are being and how we are acting if we are indeed one with Christ. Well, let's see what's happening in Leviticus chapter nine. Lots of offerings were happening in this chapter. Aaron and his sons had just finished their seven days of purification and this was the eighth day. Moses told Aaron how to consecrate the, the temp tabernacle. He was to offer a calf for a sin offering. The calf was an unusual offering, but it is what Moses ordered. They were to offer a ram for the burnt offering. These two offerings were for themselves. Then the Israelites were to offer a male goat for their sin offering, a calf and a lamb, one year old, for a burnt offering, a bull and a ram for peace offerings, and a cereal offering mixed with oil. So lots of offerings are happening in this chapter. They were promised that God would appear to them, and he did. He came down in a fire and consumed the burnt offerings and the fat on the altar, as verse 24 says, and the people shouted and fell on their faces. I'm sure we would have done the same. In chapter 10, two of Aaron's sons were killed by God because they made offerings that were not instructed by God. They were unholy offerings. That would have been an awesomely tragic death to watch for Aaron. Verse 3 says, then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord meant when he said, I and my will, not their own, will be acknowledged as hallowed by those who come near me. And before all the people, I will be honored. And Aaron said nothing. We are reminded we serve a holy God, a God who wants our will to bend to his, a God who wants and deserves to be honored. When we go our own way, there are consequences. Moses told Aaron not to mourn them as they would normally do, but rather mourn that God was not honored in the way he was to be honored. Then Moses instructed Aaron and his sons to not drink wine or strong drink when they went into the tent of meeting, or they would die. The same instruction was given to Zechariah, if you remember, regarding his son John the Baptist. He was to drink no strong drink or wine. Moses went on to tell them what they could and should eat from the offerings given what was holy, and to eat those things in a sacred place. Then Moses pointed out another grave error that was made by them not eating 
the sin offering. It had been burned up instead. Again, God gave very specific instructions that were to be carried out to the T. Why? Because all these instructions made and kept the sacrifices holy unto God. They had to be kept holy because our God is holy, and this was the way they could be in relationship with him. Relationship with God is what God wants for all his children. We can be thankful we are covered by Jesus' blood and forgiven with little more than our asking for it. Aaron and his sons were forgiven this offense because they pleaded with Moses about the difficulties of the day and didn't feel right about eating anything after losing his sons and his sons lost their brothers. Moses was satisfied when he heard their reasoning. May we all go to God and continually ask for the forgiveness we need to stay in relationship and be highly connected to Almighty God. Well, let's see what's happening in Psalm 50 today. This psalm is written by Asaph who was the King David's worship leader. A theme in this psalm is God's almighty nature and his reign over the world. He made everything in it and everything is his. Asaph writes about the perfection of beauty of all that God made. As we have read about all the sacrifices made to God, we better understand this psalm. Verse eight says, I do not reprove you for your sacrifices. Your burnt offerings are continually before me. Then God goes on to say that all the animals and birds are his, so he does not accept those. However, verse 14 tells us what is desired by God. Offer to God the sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. God deserves, desires our thanksgiving and praise. In fact, the sacrifice of thanksgiving and praise. Then he says, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall honor and glorify me. God wants us to ask him for help, the kind of help that requires his hand, his mighty hand. And when he delivers us, we will praise him. We will honor and glorify him as we watch him work. Next, God speaks to the wicked and lists out all their offenses against him. These passages are worthy to read for three reasons. One reason is to compare our behavior to the offenses and make sure we aren't committing them ourselves. Another is to pray against temptation from these sins. Lastly, to ask for forgiveness if we have in fact committed any of them against God. The last verse, verse 23, speaks to God's heart and repeats some of what verse 14 tells us. He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors and glorifies me. And he who orders his way aright, who prepares the way that I may show him. To him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. This verse sums up the main points of the entire psalm. Offer thanksgiving and praise to God. Walk in his ways. And when we do this, he shows us the way to salvation. We serve an amazing God who desires our praise, thanksgiving, honor, and worship. Anything we have, the Lord has given us, for he owns it all. Everything on this earth is his and is given by his hand. Let us pray, O oh Lord, thank you for showing us more about you and your ways. Father, turn our hearts to you with praise and thanksgiving. Help us walk in your perfect plan for our lives. Thank you for making a way for us to receive salvation. May we repent, be forgiven, and be restored to you in all ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.